0: The Other Germany. The GDR. Conversations with Margot Honecker. By Louis Corvelon. Chapter
1: 3 The Hard Start I think it would be interesting for you to tell what the GDR was like. For this reason, I propose that we talk about socialism in the German Democratic Republic, about the changes that took place there in all spheres, in the economy, in the political regime, in the living conditions, and in the conscience of the citizens, so that it is also clear how socialist society emerged. In his memoirs, Erich Honecker refers to Germany in the early post war years. The Hitler regime, he writes, left a terrible inheritance. Six million people paid with their lives for their plans to dominate the world. Millions of German soldiers were prisoners of war. Millions of refugees were on the roads looking for a roof. There was practically no family that did not bear, in some way, the traces of the Nazi regime and the war. Factories and electrical and drinking water companies were severely damaged. The routes were interrupted transport and telecommunication. Teaching and research institutions lay under the rubble. Most of the people thought only of the next day. Their thoughts revolved around a piece of bread or a roof to shelter in. How dramatic was the situation in the beginning?
0: Indeed it was. The war, which started from Germany, had returned to its point of origin. When, in October 1945, on the way to Hull, I walked with my brother for the first time. Dresden was nothing but rubble and ashes. I wept. None of her beauty had been saved. And then we were very happy when, with much sacrifice, a part of those places of civilization was rebuilt, admired by the whole world, also by these Western gentlemen. Then they said that they had received a ruined Dresden and that they had put things in order. The consequences of the war were disastrous in our territory. Of the 70% of German industry in the area occupied, by the western powers, 20% was destroyed. Only 30% of German industry was in the Soviet occupation zone, and 45% of it was destroyed. This is one of the factors of the unequal starting point between East and West after the war. On the other hand, in the GDR territory, there was no noteworthy steel industry, no coal, and no significant shipyards.
1: At the Seventh Party Congress of 1967, Honecker asked, what would have happened to the capitalist gentlemen if in 1945, 120 of the 124 ovens that were in all Germany and in the West had been in the East only four? What would those gentlemen said if we had owned 93% of the steel industry and 7% of them?
0: To this we must add that in our territory the war industry was dismantled and we paid Moscow the highest repair costs since the USSR had suffered the greatest damage. According to research by the Bremen historian Professor Dr. Peters, the GDR had to assume 98% of war reparations for all of Germany.
1: That resulted from the Potsdam Accords.
0: Yes, the Potsdam Accords stipulated that Germany should pay compensation to the victors of the war. The Soviet zone, which was later the GDR, had to pay the USSR. Despite these starting conditions, despite the economic war against the GDR, it became a strong industrial country, internationally recognized as such.
1: When you speak of economic warfare, you refer to the Embargo Policy Against the GDR, the blockade based on the Hallstein Doctrine and the Marshall Plan, through which the U.S. invested billions of dollars in aid to Western Europe, including the Western part of Germany.
0: Yes, and with all that, they helped restore West German monopoly capital.
1: With these plans, they wanted to build a dam to contain communism, save their interests, and prevent, as they said,
0: That some countries fell into the hands of communists. Taking into account the economic and commercial boycott that came from the West, the abduction of specialists, the sabotage, as well as the fact that the territory of the East had always been much less industrialized than that of the West, and, finally, that the economic organism was the only one destroyed with the division of the country Taking into account all these factors, you can measure what the working class, the peasants, and the scientists achieved, and what the people were capable of under socialism.
1: Can you give some concrete information?
0: For example, the volume of industrial production in the GDR territory was only 42.1% of what was produced in 1936. Between 1946 in 1979, that is, in just 30 years, industrial production increased 23 times. The GDR increased by almost two and a half times the industrial production of Germany in 1936. However, only a quarter of the German population lived in it. In 1979, its agriculture produced 36 Million tons of wheat, achieving self sufficiency in this area. The national product grew 7.4 times from 1949 to 1997. Ultimately, the gross product depended on what could be consumed and to what extent the productive structure could develop qualitatively and quantitatively. The real monthly per capita income. Of the population increased by 58% between 1970 and 1979. As an investigation of the UN Development Program in 1987 indicates, in the item gross domestic product per capita, that of the 130 states taken into account, 110 were, in this very revealing aspect, below the GDR.
1: All this data speaks for itself. Perhaps you could say something about how the transformation that ultimately produced such magnificent results took place.
0: In 1946, a plebiscite in the industrial center of Saxony expropriated the industries of Nazi war criminals. Now in 1948, business consortia in the Eastern zone were owned by the people. In between them, the I.G. Farben, Krupp, Siemens, Fick, that is to say, those that made the most profit from the war and participated in the genocide. And the banks? The banks also became the property of the people. Under socialism, you don't do private business with people's savings.
1: Tell me now, what happened to the small producers? Were they also expropriated.
0: Along with social property, a private sector continued to exist until the 1950s. 23.5% of industrial production came from this sector of small and medium-sized owners. In the 1960s, semi-state companies owned by individuals and the state were created. These came to produce 6.5% of industrial production. Little by little, the co-owners of these companies sold their share to the state, and a large number of them continued to serve as directors. With small industries, which with agile manner met the requirements of light industry.
1: And the artisans?
0: Together with the artisan cooperatives, In which the piety belonged to the cooperative, and in addition to the state commercial companies and cooperative organizations, there were private merchants. These were essentially in charge of repair work and services of various kinds. They were there in the GDR throughout the entire time. But it would have been necessary to give its development a greater importance as new needs had arisen that demanded their input.
1: The transformation of the field. Let's look at the agrarian issue. Know that the agrarian reform was carried out immediately after liberation, that it was a profound reform, and that the latifundistas resisted it. How was that, and what did this reform consist
0: of? In the fall of 1945, rural workers, together with workers in the cities, began the agrarian reform. On the one hand, it was a question of making the agricultural area that had been raised during the war usable. Animals, machines, and seeds were missing. Many peasants had not returned to their lands after the war. But the feeding of the town had to be assured. On the other hand, the political and economic power of the big landowners and Junkers had to be broken. The Prussian Junkers had been a reactionary stronghold from which many calamities had come.
1: Did they compensate the great owners of the land?
0: The land of 7,000 great latifundists, active Nazis and war criminals, each with more than 100 hectares, and the land of banks and monopolies was totally expropriated without compensation. The remaining private property, including that of the church, remained intact. The land was handed over to poor peasants, to the workers of the camp and the after-planted, which came from other parts of Germany, Poland, and other countries. About 550,000 people received land and became new peasants. They received it mortgage-free, as individual property and inheritable, But invincible. This whole process unfolded amid fierce clashes with the most reactionary sectors. Of course, the reaction, with hatred and terror, and not without violence, tried to stop land reform.
1: Nor is there any shortage of those who argue that this land
0: reform was not democratic. It was one of the most democratic transformations. At last, the land was received by those who, under the yoke and with the sweat of their forehead, made it produce and who went on to enjoy their crops.
1: What was the attitude of the peasants at the beginning of the agrarian reform?
0: At first, there were peasants who needed to be persuaded through hard and long conversations to take this step. It was also necessary to give them great help. First, they were helped to organize. Agrarian reform commissions were established to which they belonged to small owners and transplants. Subsequently, the mutual aid committees were formed and developed as mass organizations and gave rise to the peasant mutual aid union.
1: And the industrial workers, what role did they play?
0: The agrarian reform commissions also belonged to industry workers. More than 10,000 of these workers went to the countryside and passed on their fighting experiences to the new peasants.
1: How and in what form was the land distributed? Were there state and collective estates like in the Soviet Union?
0: No. There was no soil statization in the GDR. According to our conditions, various types of cooperatives were created. Type one and type two were plant farmers only, while type three was animal husbandry. In all three cases, the GDR peasants remained landowners. The statutes of cooperatives were considered and approved at peasant meetings. Between 1952 and 1960, Nearly one million peasants decided on cooperatives. This wasn't easy. First, farmers should be convinced of the advantages of joint work. Only in this way, taking steps in the creation of economic conditions and in the understanding and predisposition of peasants, could it be successful.
1: So over time, the goodness of cooperative work and the success of the agrarian reform were demonstrated.
0: Yes, cooperatives were able to achieve a good economic performance. Modern forms and techniques of agriculture production were developed in the field. And the peasants came to participate in all the social achievements of the GDR. 90% of the workers in the field had a complete specialty, were teachers or specialized technicians. In the countryside houses, Kindergartens and premises were built for cultural activities. Peasants were able to vacation. Of course, we face new demands and new tasks. And although agricultural production had taken giant steps, she demanded intense concern about new scientific, biological, and ecological problems and created new structures and methods in agricultural work. We should have made corrections because very quick steps had been taken towards great production. For example, the accelerated separation of production between the agricultural and the livestock was shown to be negative.
1: And what happened after the disappearance of the GDR?
0: The old owners received, in large part, their old possessions. This is despite the fact that in the early 1990s, it was established in the so-called Two Plus Four Agreements, adopted in the early 1990s by the two German states, the RFA and the GDR, and the four victorious powers in World War II, that what was the product of the agrarian reform should not be changed. But it should be noted that, after the change, not a few cooperatives had survived thanks to their struggle and new forms of cooperatives have appeared that fight for their rights. Cooperative ownership in agriculture has shown its vitality.
1: The fight against fascist ideology. It must have been difficult to implement a new political system instead of fascism.
0: The hardest thing after 1945 was overcoming fascist ideology. Most of the German people were deceived. They believed in Germany's victory and this to the bitter end. It took a great tenacity and consequence in the task of opening their eyes to people in the face of so much misery and pain caused by this war. It was far from popular to tell bitter truths, nor to go against a wall of qualms, enmities, fears, and hopelessness. How many times did I come home myself, hungry and cold, in the winter of 1946? Of encounters with young people, sometimes discouraged, other times hopeful of this youth, that I was beginning to reflect on. Suddenly, young people didn't want to know anything about politics. But when they started thinking about their lives and in the future, they realized that they could not live in nothing, that everyone is responsible for their life, that oneself must do something.
1: Of course, youth was deceived by false dilemmas of patriotism and anti-communism.
0: Yes, but youth could not be held accountable for what had happened. It was therefore integrated from the outset into the reconstruction of the country. A great role played in working with youth the discussion and struggle around the basic rights of the young generation. Among them was the right to vote at the age of 18, and to exercise responsibility functions in the state and economy. There was also the right to work and tire, to education and joy, conquests that were approved by the communal, provincial, regional parliaments and the people's chamber, not without discussion between the parties. All this made youth familiar with democracy and learned to assume their democratic rights and duties.
1: In the early post war years, there were surely many things in common between young and old in the quest to heal the wounds of war.
0: Yes, the common yearning for fascism never prevailed again, never again war. Anti communist men, communists, socialists, men from different world visions, who came from emigration, concentration camps, guerrilla prisons in different countries, partisan groups fighting in the Soviet Union, and French resistance, now went together with Hitler's enemy Democrats. To erect a democratic, anti-fascist order, they were supported in the eastern zone by the Soviet occupation authorities. Starting in democracy demanded the mobilization of the capacities Of all layers of the people. The decisive condition was to build the unity of the working class, the unification of both working parties, as well as the alliance with other parties and mass organizations. Communists and Social Democrats acted closely with the other democratic forces that had formed new parties and organizations, such as the Christian Democratic Union Party, the Christian Democratic Liberal Party the German National Democratic Party, and the Peasants' Party, and organizations such as the Union of German Trade Unions, the Women's Organization, the Youth Organization, and the Cultural Union for Democratic Renewal. Without the union of all patriotic forces on the national front, it would not have been possible to mobilize men and women a new democratic beginning by imposing democratic basic economics in the state, nor, therefore, the construction of socialism.
1: The system of political parties. Just like you just said, there was the Unified Socialist Party of Germany, or in other words, the ELP SUA, the Democratic Peasant Party, the Christian Democratic Union, the Liberal Democratic Party, and the Democratic National Party. All of them were represented in Parliament in the People's Chamber, in the Council of State, and in the Council of Ministers, as well as in the administrative bodies at all levels.
0: Not only were the parties represented in the communal, regional, and provincial parliaments and in the People's Chamber, it also included its own members. The Confederation of German Free Trade Unions, the German Free Youth, the Democratic Union of Women, the Cultural League, And the Peasant Mutual Aid Association. These parties held their congresses, their elections, they took their resolutions, and in the people's house they had their benches. They made proposals, they took initiatives in matters of laws, they had their diaries. The Bauern Echo belonged to the Democratic Party of Peasants, the National Zeitung, Pertin, the National Democratic Party, the Neue Zeit was from the Democratic Christian Union, the Der Morgan of the Liberal Party, and the Neues Deutschland of the United Socialist Party of Germany.
1: Were the five parties involved in the leadership of the state?
0: Absolutely.
1: How were the elections in the GDR?
0: Elections were free, secret, and egalitarian. Candidates were nominated by parties and mass organizations and must be previously approved by the labor collective to which they belonged. If not approved by their collective, they could not apply. Elections are presented with more candidates than the positions to be held. For 500 positions in people's chamber, 703 candidates were presented in the 1986 elections. According to the law, the organization and development of elections was carried out by a commission made up of representatives of the parties and mass organizations, production workers, cooperatives, intellectuals, and the armed forces.
1: The Disappearance of the GDR and the PSUA
0: The United Socialist Party of Germany was destroyed before the GDR fell. Immediately after the Special Congress called the United Socialist Party of Germany Congress and the SDA, Then appears this new party, called the Party of Democratic Socialism.
1: But there is also the Communist Party of Germany, the DKP, and the Communist Party that was formed in Berlin.
0: Yes, there was the former Communist Party that was in the Federal Republic of Germany, and now also has an organization on the territory of the former GDR, and a small Communist Party that was formed in 1990.
1: So there are two communist parties in one German state.
0: The existence of two German PCs is a transient phenomenon. For the time being, both parties have stated that they are about to work together.
1: Is the party that was founded in 1990 just Berliners? Or is it being organized throughout Germany?
0: It was formed by comrades who were from the United Socialist Party of Germany, who did not follow the path of the Party of Democratic Socialism and who did not want to join the Communist Party of Germany, the DKP.
1: On the particularities of the development of the GDR. By studying the history of socialist countries, one comes to the conclusion that socialism in the GDR was not a mechanical copy of Soviet socialism. First of all, I would like to say that the Communist Party of Germany In 1945, in its historic call to create an anti-fascist and democratic Germany, declared that it would be a mistake to adopt the Soviet system in Germany. In 1945, it was a question of erecting an anti-fascist and democratic order, and this not only in one part of Germany but in whole Germany. Socialism was not the order of the day as a near goal. It was about the reconstruction of a democratic Germany.
0: From the outset, we had to find ways and means that corresponded to our national conditions. It was necessary to draw the relevant lessons from German tragic history. The chances of the German people after liberation from Hitler's fascism were great. In East and West, there were vast anti-fascist forces. There was a strong Marxist party, the Communist Party of Germany, Anti-fascist committees were founded throughout Germany, to which different social and ideological groups worked. To impose democratic measures, these forces relied on the Potsdam Resolutions until the Potsdam Agreement was virtually unknown and buried by the Western Allies, making common cause with the restorative forces in Western Germany. In the early post-war years, basic democratic demands were imposed by plebiscites on the constitutions of the regional states of West Germany. However, they subsequently did not materialize in practice.
1: Then came the GDR, in whose development its own characteristics stand out.
0: In reality, it is not possible to judge the results nor the problems faced by the GDR if the particularities are not taken into account. There were and are in all the socialist countries, in those that were and in those that exist today. Objective facts, productive forces that developed historically, different histories, cultural peculiarities, national specificities, many of these factors act in this or that way in the phase of revolutionary changes, regardless of the decisions of this or that leadership. If these conditions which act in real life were sufficiently taken into account, it is flower of another coastal. In any case, I do not believe that we can speak of a quote unquote socialist model dictated by Moscow.
1: However, the GDR took much of the experience of the USSR.
0: It was natural that the GDR and other Eastern European countries would draw on the experiences of the USSR in undertaking the construction of socialism in the post war period. Badly, it was the first and only country to have experience in building a historically entirely new society. To ignore the basic experiences in changing production relations, in the creation of a state of workers and peasants, as well as certain regularities in the construction of socialist society, would have been foolish. Of course, There were things that were formally copied. The copies did not work and had to be corrected. Naturally, Soviet policy influenced all states that were closely associated with it, and ideologies had their effects across borders, both positively and negatively. And finally, economic dependence was reflected in political relations.
1: To such an extent that in the Warsaw Pact, The Soviet Union had supreme command.
0: When we talk about the characteristics of the development of the GDR, it is right to make it clear that the construction of socialism is closely linked to the struggle for national unity and democracy and is carried out in its various phases under the conditions of existence of two different social systems in a single country and with open borders. Permanently, the GDR was confronted with the forces of the other part of Germany who want to roll back the social progress and whose policy was always aimed at eliminating the political and social basis of the GDR. When one looks at the historical development of the GDR as it actually did, one cannot fail to bear in mind that the conditions under which joint work with the other socialist countries developed, showed particularities, of which political decisions were also permeated. Thank you for listening to this reading from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. Support us at newoutlookpublishers.net, join us on Discord, follow us on Twitter, and visit peopleschool.org to sign up for free classes.